I'm Cassie Hilbron, and this is the Cook It Real Good podcast, bringing you shortcuts to success in the kitchen. Today's episode is for anyone who has ever struggled to cook a meal to suit a bunch of different tastes. My guest, Alison Corey, knows this all too well. She is a plant-based vegan, she is married to a meat eater, and she has two picky kids. Talk about a tricky meal time. I picked Alison's brain about how she simplifies meal times when everyone likes to eat different foods, and she even shared some suggestions on how to handle the holidays with picky eaters. Alison has a vegan food blog, Keeping the Peas, where she helps families with different eating styles find peace in the kitchen. She uses whole food, plant-based ingredients to create a delicious compromise in the kitchen. Her goal is to create simple and flavorful main dishes, salads, snacks, and the occasional dessert that she feels good about feeding to her family and that they delight in eating. Whether you're a parent with fussy kids or married to one like me, you'll get so much out of this chat. Today's episode is sponsored by my website, cookitrealgood.com. The recipe of the week this week is my sweet potato, chickpea, and spinach curry. It's one of the most popular recipes on the blog, and it's vegan too, which is very fitting since we chat about vegan cooking in this episode. If you're looking to try your hand at a meatless Monday, or you just want a super quick and nourishing dinner this week, grab the recipe for this curry in the show notes, cookitrealgood.com slash 14. Now let's dive into today's episode. Alison, welcome to the Cook It Real Good podcast. Thank you for having me. I am very excited to talk to you today. Uh, but before we get started, can you let me know what was your last cooking fail? Well, uh, the last cooking fail I had was I was trying to create these banana muffins, but I wanted to make them gluten-free. And I also was trying to make them healthier by reducing the sugar. So, you know, I I tried this gluten-free flour. It was new to me. It wasn't one that I usually buy, but it was the only one I could find when I was at the store. So I used that, just subbed it in one for one, reduced the sugar, kind of crossed my fingers, hoped for the best, baked them, and they came out dense and they didn't rise. And I even, you know, tried like, okay, well, let me see if this tastes okay. And it was flavorless. It was, it was a, it was a mess. So it was, you know, all muffins in the trash, starting from scratch and, and trying again. Oh no. You know, you're not the first person. I don't think you'll be the last to to mention (laughs) gluten-free baking as a cooking fail. (laughs) I think for some reason it's like, the hardest thing for us to conquer and I've, I really admire gluten-free bakers because of this I'm like wow because I've definitely tried my hand before at things and they just did not work <laughs> yes 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 it's one of those things you have to just keep trying and try different flowers and sometimes it just isn't gonna work mm-hmm. and the problem is it's so expensive too I hate that right <laughs> right <laughs> oh no all right well then I won't be trying that anytime soon <laughs> But usually like banana muffins wise, like I find that you, you need, you don't need as much sugar because the bananas 
you know, act as the sweetener. So it's such a bummer when it doesn't work out. That's what I thought too. I thought it shouldn't be a problem, but I think it must have been the flour as well. It just didn't didn't mix well. Yeah, so, yeah. Probably overpowered it. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So today we're going to talk about how to simplify family meal time when everyone likes to eat different foods. Now, this is a, well, you have quite a unique situation here because you are a plant based vegan. And you're married to a meat eater. (laughs) And you also have two picky children. How old are your children? Seven and three. Oh, yes, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that you're the perfect person to talk about this, but I also think that lots of people will be able to relate to maybe not this specific situation, but at least having many different people in their house who eat differently, maybe different diets, maybe food sensitivities or they're vegetarian, vegan, um, and they're catering for a lot of different people. So this is a really, really good topic. So let's start off with, with, I guess, like the simplest, how do you create? Because I think the, the most annoying thing would be trying to be a short order cook for your family and cooking right. five different meals for everyone. So how do you create yes. one meal that you can use lots of different options to cater for um, the picky eaters or the different eaters in your family? Yes. I mean, it, it's a challenge. And I have been there where I was making three meals at, you know, at dinner every night. And I just said, I can't, I can't take this anymore. I've got to figure out a way to make one meal that will, everyone will eat in some form. So it might not be, you know, just, you know, out of the oven ever serve, everybody likes it. But the way I find works for my family is when I have one meal, but I have different types of options that can go along with it. So for example, everyone in the family loves tacos. So I'll make a lentil taco base, which will be the filling, but then I'll also have, you know, things on the side that can be added to it. So, you know, my husband can put cheese on it, or even if he wants to put some like ground beef, he can add that into it. And my kids who are really picky about different spices, I can put, you know, a few veggies on it or just the cheese on it for them. And, you know, everyone can be happy. So kind of creating that one meal that you can add different things to, um, Um, so tacos are always a a big favorite in our house. Then even like, you know, nachos are another good one. Add some beans, add some cheese, some guac. You can leave some things off. Um, but then also, you know, even making a stir fry, I find stir fries are also a really good one to make with the family. And I can, you know, put together either the quinoa or the rice, add the veggies. And then one thing I do for my kids, and I'm sure a lot of other parents are the same. My kids are not always a big fan of the sauce or whatever, what, what it's cooked in. They might think it's too spicy or, or whatnot. So I always put that to the side so that theirs might be completely dry and they just have some veggies and, um, you know, a little bit of tofu or, or chicken, if that's what my husband wants to add to it. And then my husband and I can, you know, pour the sauce over that. So I think it's finding those ways to kind of have one base meal, but then being able to sort of add little things at a time to make everybody kind of happy. I love the DIY portion of the dinner. Like, so, so you're right. Just having like the, the overarching tacos, but having 
a bunch of different ingredients on the table and just saying, feed yourself. Right, <laughs> go, right. go for whatever you want. Yes. <laughs> yeah, here are your choices and assemble in the way that makes you happy. <laughs> and I do like the idea as well of what you're saying about the stir fry of trying to leave yeah, the sauce or the spices out of it and adding that at a later time so that yeah, if the kids are fussy and they don't like that, then they're not going to eat the whole meal if you already have the sauce on it. So at least they can pick it apart and eat what they yeah. want <laughs> from right. there. Or sometimes when I'm making the sauce, I'll just like take a small scoop, put that to the side, then I'll add the spices for my husband and I, but at least I have a little portion for them to, to try. Yeah. My husband and I both like things really spicy, so it can be a challenge with the kids. That's a hard thing as well, definitely. My my husband's very spice adverse, and so mm-hmm. I'm always making things very mild, but I, I like them spicy too. <laughs> so maybe I should start doing that as well. I'll just get him a little mm-hmm. portion out of it while, while I'm making it, and then I'll add it to mine. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and so you've mentioned that, obviously, your kids are picky eaters. I think your kids are normal. That's what most yeah. people are like, aren't they? Um, right. And... You know, one of the hard things is, you. I think what I've when I've spoken to parents, they struggle with the line between encouraging them to to eat more and be more experimental, but also, I guess, understanding that everyone has different tastes and will like different foods. So, how do you encourage your kids to try new foods? Well, I think if you can start at the beginning, that is the best. And I mean, at the very beginning, when they're when you're just introducing your kids to food and starting out by introducing them to vegetables and getting them used to that taste, because what happens when you you know you're you're first introducing your child to solids, if you go right into the sweeter types of foods, then they start to develop a palate for those sweeter foods. Whereas if you kind of start right off the bat with, um, you know, the sort of milder vegetables, they don't know to expect something sweeter. So if you, if you haven't, you know, your kids aren't older yet and you're still, you know, you have your infant and you haven't introduced them yet to solids, kind of starting off with vegetables is the place to begin to kind of help with that as they get older. But, you know, I know a lot of parents are already at that place where their kids are, you know, my kids age, maybe they're three or seven and their kids are picky and mine are, mine are picky too. Even though I've tried, you know, my best, they, they're picky about certain things. And for my kids too, it's a lot about texture. There are some textures that they just don't go for. Um, and so what I find is if they don't like a certain food in one texture, sometimes trying it in another. So for example, you know, maybe your kids don't like, um, roasted broccoli, um, but maybe they rather, maybe they like it steamed, or maybe if you put it in a like sort of puree or make it a little softer, they might enjoy it more. Um, so trying different textures I find is, is helpful. But then, you know, even when you when your kids are a little older and they just decide, you know, they've they have their, you know, they like their pasta or they like their um, their yogurt and they kind of don't want to venture out. Then one one thing I do with my kids is I try to get them involved in not only the cooking process, but also of the shopping experience. So I'll take them to the farmer's market and I'll give them, you know, a a little bit of play money. And I'll tell them that, you know, we're at the farmer's market. You can choose any kind of vegetable that looks good to you. And so, you know, they get a little bit more interested in that, like, oh, 
Hmm. I, I, they know they have to buy a vegetable, so they can't buy anything else with that money. So then they get a little bit more thoughtful and they start looking at things a little different and choose something that maybe they haven't had before. And then we'll come back home. We'll look through some cookbooks or I might even, you know, pull up some blogs online or do a little search and we'll look at the recipes and decide, you know, how are we going to prepare this? And that process of like getting them involved and getting them interested and then even having them participate with you in the cooking process makes them more, you know, willing to give it a try when it comes to the end, you know, product. And I know that's a long process and it can't happen every day, but it can be a special experience that you start to incorporate with your kids or even going to the grocery store and saying, today you can pick any vegetable you see that, you know, that looks good to you and and starting that process out. I really love that idea. That's such a fun way to incorporate kids into cooking. And I think that like looking back, I don't have children yet, but looking back when I was growing up, I didn't get in the kitchen at all. (laughs) And I was never involved. So when I got to the age when I was moving out of home, I didn't really know how to cook or (laughs) how to prepare even basic things. Um, So, you know, getting kids really involved from the start, it gets them interested in, yes, like you said, eating, eating more foods and, and being open to trying new things, but it also gives them those basic skills that show them that cooking can be fun, cooking it helps you eat well and be nourished. So that's such a good idea. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I really love that. And I'm, I can see how as a kid exploring the grocery store and finding these strange, I mean, even I do it now. Sometimes when I'm at the grocery yeah. store, I see like a fruit or vegetable. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> I right. have no idea how you would even prepare that, but um, right. right. You can just come home, pick up a cookbook or look at a food blog and find a recipe and go for it. Right. Yeah. And I think so many times, you know, we're going down the aisles of the grocery store and our kids, our eyes are attracted to these, you know, boxes with characters and whatnot. So trying to go through that produce section and make that just as fun and exciting can be helpful. Yeah. And if you go, like you said, to the farmer's markets, you kind of eliminate Mm -hmm. the junk anyway. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Right. Now, I, I want to pick your brain here because I think your situation is a unique one. So, obviously, you're mm-hmm. you're vegan and your husband eats meat. How do right. you raise your kids? What diet do they eat and how did you decide on that? Well, I mean, I'll tell you, it has not been the easiest, <laughs> easiest thing in the world. So, um, I've been a vegetarian since I was 15. So, it's been a long time since I've been a vegetarian. And when I first, um, you know, had my husband and I were first having our first child, our family was, you know, really curious about how this was going to play out because they knew, you know, I'm very health conscious and vegetarian. And my husband, he's a hamburger and French fries kind of guy. So (laughs) um, they're like, how's that going to work? And, you know, at at the start, it didn't, it didn't um, play, you know, too much of a a role in, in kind of conflict between, between us and trying to figure it out. I just, you know, I, but as the kids have gotten older, it's become a little bit more challenging. So what, one thing that we've kind of done is, you know, after going back and forth and my husband would go to the store with the kids and buy something and I'd say, no, I don't want you to get that for the kids. And it would, you know, turn into a whole thing. So 
after kind of, uh, you know, going through those challenges, I discovered a couple things. So one of the things that I have done with my husband is we've just come to like a basic agreement with each other of, you know, these are the things that we both agree on in terms of, you know, the health of our children. And of course he wants to raise healthy kids and I want to raise healthy kids. And he might see it a little bit differently than I do. But the idea of, we know we both agree, you know, vegetables are important. Fruit is important. Whole grains are important. Um, and then it's okay that the kids have a little treat once in a while, or they have some cheese or they have some yogurt or, you know, they, my, my oldest son loves going to breakfast with my husband and getting pancakes and bacon. And I've just decided, you know what, I, I can't fight that. And they, it's an experience that they enjoy together. And if it happens once a month, it's going to be okay. Um, so just kind of coming to that agreement on what, um, what are our sort of basic ground rules in terms of their daily diet. Um, but then the other, Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I was gonna say that that definitely makes sense. And I think that that's probably a similar situation to everyone, regardless of if mm-hmm. they're vegan or meat. I think you have to decide what's what's okay sometimes and what's okay all the time. And uh, yeah, right. I think that um, yeah, there's always one parent who's <laughs> who's the treat parent. Unfortunately, yes. it's mostly the dads, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. So I like that idea of yeah coming to a compromise of this is you both want them to be healthy, so this is what they they'll eat normally, but they still get to have those treats and and I like that. Um, with the breakfast that it gets to be an experience and, you know, a special memory for them too. That's nice. Right. Yeah. 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 The other thing I've noticed too, you know, and my experience with my husband over many years is, you know, I, I have one way of doing things. He has another way of doing things. And so offering unsolicited advice is not going to go over well, but Sometimes he'll ask me questions like, oh, why is why why did you buy this instead of that? Or, you know, what is the health benefits of eating, you know, chickpea pasta compared to white pasta? Or why, why do you like that? So kind of being open to answering questions, but not sort of just being trying to be the authority on things uh, has helped as well. Yes, that, that definitely makes sense as well. I think sometimes, uh, especially when we we know what's good for us. We can tend to be like, Oh, I don't eat that. Or I, <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. like having that. But generally speaking, when you're coming from an educational point of view, or this is why I do this, it, it kind of hits home a bit better and even persuades people to try it more than coming over. I guess sometimes we can be a little bit high and mighty. With yes. It. You're right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not trying to be, but like, I guess no. when it comes to your health, it's, it's hard sometimes not to come across that way because you're going, this is, this is what you should be doing. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it takes time. And, you know, the, my husband's actually, you know, in many ways has changed the way that he eats. So, um, you know, just by, by living with me, he's, he's made some changes. And I think he sees the benefits of it, too. That's awesome. Now, yeah. we're coming up to the holidays. We're very close, about a month out from Thanksgiving, and then we'll have Christmas. So how do you approach the holidays in your mixed diet house? Yeah, so it's funny. Just the other day, my husband and I were talking um, about how we were going to do Thanksgiving this year. And, you know, for me, being a vegetarian my whole life, Thanksgiving has not been a big 
holiday for me. So, um, and even, you know, with Christmas coming up as well. And it was more about, well, this is my time to be with my family, but I never had a lot of choices in what I could eat when I would go to family gatherings and I would, you know, bring something along. But now as I've gotten older and I have become the host many times, it puts me in a little bit of an awkward position because, you know, I've never made a turkey my whole life. I have no idea where to start. So what we've done in our house is, you know, I've come and I'd have like my, my plant-based vegan recipes and, you know, I, I test them out beforehand too, with my kids, with my husband throughout, um, throughout the fall before Thanksgiving hits and like, make sure that, that they enjoy them. Because my favorite thing is to prepare something that is vegan and have my family or friends eat it and not know the difference. So that I know is when I'm, when I'm doing something well, but, um, what we'll, what I'll do is I'll put together my meal and I do all the sides and the desserts and I'll make those plant-based. I'll make those vegan. And, um, and then I also have some dishes that for me would be possibly like a main dish, but, um, that would be vegan. Like for example, I do a stuffed butternut squash with a wild rice stuffing. So instead of turkey and stuffing, it's an, um, not butternut squash, acorn squash. Um, it's acorn squash is the main meal, but for, you know, my family and friends, it could be a side. And then I'll ask those who are coming because sometimes people have, um, you know, different allergies or whatnot. So if someone's coming and I know that they have a certain dietary restriction, you know, I'll ask them to bring a dish that, you know, they can be sure to eat. And for the turkey part, I leave that up to my husband. So I, you know, he, he's in charge of that and everyone's welcome to enjoy the turkey. And I have all of my, you know, vegan sides and main things and, We kind of just make it work by pulling things together from family, friends. I do my thing. My husband does his thing. And it it makes for a good meal. I would just be curious to try it. Like if it, um, I'm not a vegan, but I I do enjoy vegan food. And I I would be interested to see all the different sides together and see what we could do with it. Like you said, it might not even taste any different. I love that idea. And I like the fact that you've delegated to your husband to do the the turkey. (laughs) That's only fair. Right. And you're right with people who have specific allergies and things like that. It is good if they have at least one thing they know is safe for them to eat. And I'm sure that there's probably other things inside and stuff that they can eat as well. But um, at least they know that there's one thing that they can. We um, have family members who are, well, one who's vegetarian, one who's vegan, and they generally (laughs) – I've I've seen and I always feel bad about it because our family Christmas is we don't have Thanksgiving here but our Christmas we have so many different meats it's crazy and <laughs> then yeah so <laughs> our poor family member who's vegan she'll come along and she'll have brought her own food and it's like it's yeah. Christmas and she's having to bring so I I like the idea of actually catering for everyone like that there's something yeah. that everyone can eat and generally speaking that was at the start these days. Um, she'll, she'll bring um, a salad or two and I'll usually eye mm-hmm. that off and, and want to try it anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I, you know, all of our sides, desserts, appetizers, I always prepare those vegan. And, um, and I also try to do them gluten-free too, because I know that there are so many um, friends and family who have gluten allergies and, and it's turned out really well. And, 
you know, I, I've had many family members tell me like, really, this is vegan. Are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, it is. And, and it's also really rewarding to me because it helps me, um, you know, open my family's eyes to, you know, vegan food is actually really good. And there's, you know, ways to, to work around the recipes that we're traditionally used to eating. I love when someone does try something that like, usually for me, it's a healthier version of things. And they go, mm-hmm. what? This is, <laughs> this is healthy. This tastes just like <laughs> right. the real deal. So yeah, I can imagine if it's a vegan version of something that we all know and love, if you're getting those kind of compliments, that's how you know you've hit the real deal. Like that's yes, <laughs> this music, exactly. music to a food blogger's ears, isn't it? <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. Talking about turning those kind of classic family friendly meals that we have, that we all know and love, um, making them a bit healthier or even vegan. What are your tips there to change those up? Yeah, I, well, there's, you know, but it's kind of just become really natural for me. So I sometimes don't even realize when, you know, what that unhealthy version would be because it's just, I haven't done it in so long. But, um, you know, one of the things that at the very beginning that I used to do is my kids love pasta. I mean, every kid loves pasta. And so I took out the white pasta and I started subbing it with chickpea or lentil pasta. And for me, that was a change too. That was great because instead of them just getting a carb, they're getting some protein with that lentil and chickpea pasta. So that was a really easy swap that I could do with the kids. Um, and then the other thing, like I mentioned with, with tacos or, um, with, um, you know, doing nachos or, um, other types of like, like burgers and things like that, starting to use, um, beans, lentils, chickpeas. They're just amazing how versatile those things can be and how you can really turn them into uh, a healthy version. And you wouldn't always realize that, Oh, you know, this is made from black beans and quinoa, or I make, um, a meatloaf that's based with chickpeas and my husband actually really likes it. So that's, you know, a winner too. But the other thing is, you know, just trying to reduce the oil that you use and sub for some alternative things. Like when I bake, I take the oil out and I'll sub it with something like applesauce, which is, you know, an easy thing to sub for with eggs. I, you know, learned from the start using making a a chia paste or a flax paste um, to help with, you know, reducing the, the eggs in something. And then, of course, like with cream sauces and things like that, using a cashew cream base. And I've just started becoming a little bit more um, learning a little bit more about how to make vegan cheeses on my own, because for the very longest time, I just didn't eat any cheese. And now I'm realizing, oh, I can make it at home and discovering some ways to do that and with really easy techniques um, using using cashews and um, like tapioca starch and being able to make a, a thick cheese with that. So yeah, there are just so many different ways that you can can swap things out and reduce reduce oil just to make something a little bit healthier. It's amazing what you can do with plants, isn't it? The, the vegan <laughs> cheese. I'm always like, how do they do this? <laughs> and I think that with the healthier as, as well, I actually think that there's a trend at the moment towards um, more plant-based cooking, um, more vegan eating, especially in Australia. I don't know if it's the same in America, but I just went to the grocery store yesterday after being away for a month. And suddenly we have 
all of these meat-free alternatives in in the freezer aisle where where usually (laughs) meat is and things like that. We've never really embraced that over here. And I think it is because people are starting to be more conscious consumers. They they might not be ready to take on a full vegan diet, but they're ready to try their hand at some plant-based meals during the week. And sometimes it's just getting started. Like you're not really sure – um, and, and I guess my first thought is not, I'm going to go and buy those chicken-free tenders from the freezer. Right. <laughs> I, I want to know how to incorporate a, a well-rounded, healthy meal out of vegetables and beans and things like right. that. So I love your yeah. idea of, of turning the classic foods that we know. So yeah, you're right. Burgers, make, a, make your own vegetable patties or mm-hmm. tacos, making that vegetable filling with the beans um, and lentils. Like you said, that's that's a great idea of a place to start where you're meeting in the middle. It's not something yeah. foreign to you. <laughs> right, right. I And I, I'll ask my husband because, you know, he knows like when, when he's home and I cook a meal, it's going to be plant-based, it's going to be vegan, but I also want it to be something that he's going to enjoy. So I, you know, I ask him like, what are some of your favorite dishes? And then I will try to experiment in making something plant-based for him and see how he reacts to it. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but you know, it's, it's a little trial and error here and there, but that's always a lot of fun. You know, I know he loves casseroles. So I've, you know, figured out a way to make a cauliflower potato casserole in a cream sauce and have with a breadcrumb topping and, and it turned out great and he really liked it. So yeah, it's just trying different things. And, and I say when someone's first starting out and they're interested in doing something plant-based or vegan, just like a one, trying even one meal a week, making it like your meatless Monday and just experimenting with things, um, and, and seeing what, what you like and, you know, you may really like lentils and you've never had them before or trying chickpeas or different types of beans, whole grains. Maybe I know quinoa has a, it become more mainstream now, but just giving things a try and experimenting with different recipes. I love that encouragement. Is there a recipe on your site that you think if you were starting out to try your first kind of plant-based recipe that would would be a great one that I could link to. Yeah, I think um, a great one to start with if you um, kind of like traditional food, I would say my best ever meatless meatloaf. And it has like all the traditional spices of a meatloaf, but it's made with chickpeas. So I would give that one a try. When he said before about the chickpeas, it's funny because my dad actually makes meatloaf traditionally with chickpeas. So, oh, wow. so it's like I can already picture what it would taste it, like. I just yeah, removed the meat. Perfect. Right. <laughs> awesome. Well, I will link that in the show notes. And that sounds delicious. I have to give it a try. Thank you so much, Allison, for sharing that with us. I I love that you found a way to work around the different uh Diets and preferences, I'd say, but a bit of both in your family um, and and embracing that kind of DIY dinner. And I think that that's, that's a great idea is food that you could just pick apart, use what you want and eat from there. I love that. And I also love your ideas about Thanksgiving because I know that that's coming up and yes. there will be people who are going to have people coming over to their house who have different diets to them or preferences or people who have different diets, preferences, who are going to people's houses, who won't be catering for them. So it's good to have an idea of how to handle that as well. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, and before you go, could you please let my listeners know where they can find you? 
Of course. Yep. You can find me um, on my blog, Keeping the Peace. And um, you can also find me on Instagram at Keeping the Peace and um, Facebook as well at Keeping the Peace. I absolutely love your name. <laughs> I love the play on words. And after everything that we've just discussed, it's so fitting yes. as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Allison. Thank you. I had such a fun time chatting with Allison today. I love her ideas of putting together a sort of DIY dinner so everyone can pick and choose what they want. It makes life so much easier. Don't forget to check out all the links that we discussed in the show notes at cookitrealgood.com slash 14. That's it from me. Have a great week and don't just cook, cook it real good. Bye.